Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Barnes Creative Studios. Check them out for video services, for drone services, for walkthrough videos. Um, they also can make your videos ADA compliant. Just check them out. They do great work at barnescreativestudios.com. And uh, that's plural. <laughs> All right, we have a great show for you today. You know, one of the things that I think we're all going through in the commercial real estate industry right now is we're in the mid-year of, of 2022 is what the heck's going on, right? <laughs> There's interest rates uh, kind of going up very quickly uh, with uh, promises that they're going to go up more. Um, we have inflation is still kind of running away. You know, we have uh, wars going on. We have supply chain issues. So, what should we expect moving forward uh, for real estate transactions and pricing and cap rates and that sort of thing? Well, we're in luck. Please welcome my guest is Tim Bodner and Tim is a partner with PwC. Tim, good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Michael. Thanks for having us. So they just you guys just completed your 2022 PwC mid-year real estate deals outlook. And Tim, I think people are kind of curious kind of what you know, when you look at the transactions, kind of, I guess maybe we take them overall or we go in the beginning, uh, but then we'll go into some different uh, sectors. But when you look at deals starting at the beginning of the year and you get through where we are today as we're doing this show, we're in the June of 2022, are you seeing any trends yet on cap rates or pricing, adjusting any at all? Yeah, look, um, Michael, our, our hypothesis moving in to 2022 was that we would continue to see an acceleration uh, in deal activity. And certainly uh, as we went through the first quarter uh, of this uh, calendar year, uh, deal activity across uh, the board was up uh, significantly. We saw a resurgence uh, in sectors that have been uh, quieter for some period of time, particularly the retail uh, sector as well as hospitality and leisure. And so um, Q1 was quite robust. As we, as we shifted in, into, the, into the second quarter uh, and some of the uh, macro uh, items that you mentioned uh, started to come into the operating environment, uh, certainly there's been an adjustment in some uh, market participants' behaviors in terms of their willingness uh, to, to do deals or uh, whether or not deals actually pencil because of where financing uh, costs were, as an example. So um, certainly all those things that uh, you mentioned uh, are playing an impact, but we still are seeing, even as we close out the second quarter, uh, robust uh, transaction activity. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to see. Uh, you know, we sell uh, investment properties here at our shop uh, and we are starting to see uh, buyers uh, adjust their underwriting. Uh, but, you know, depending on the sector, it seems like it's having less impact, right? Because if, uh, if you're going to uh, adjust your underwriting for higher rates and the, the next buyer is not, guess who's going to win that deal, right? That's right. 
<laughs> well, Tim, let's look at some of the, the sectors and kind of what you're, you're seeing as trend and what you expect moving forward. And I think uh, you had mentioned uh, retail was a little bit maybe surprising results. Yeah, look, I think for, for a while thematically, we saw a number of the large institutional investors have an interest in grocery-anchored retail uh, for, for, for the reasons that are intuitive to most in terms of the resiliency of, of the tenancy, uh, the necessity based of, of, uh, of the product. Uh, and so I think what was sur surprising to us was how much uh, of an impact smaller investors had uh, inside uh, the retail sector and in a way that's wider uh, than just um, grocery anchored centers particularly in those um, markets uh, that kind of are more of a, have a more of a remote orientation uh, to them. And what we're hearing from some market participants is they view that over time, when you look at it on a relative basis, that those opportunities will become more attractive and they're trying to get ahead of uh, institutional, uh, larger institutional investors. So I think thematically in retail, more activity than we see, it's up you know, over 20%. Uh, and it's not just grocery, but it's across, across the board. And what would you expect moving forward for uh, retail deal activity as interest rates continue to climb and, and uh, inflation still is here as an issue? I think what's been shocking, and I, shocking might be too strong of a word, but I think what's been most interesting to us, uh, and if we go back to the beginning of 2020, as we started moving into the pandemic, I think there was a, you know, a wide view that people's behaviors would substantively change, and that would ultimately uh, impact, you know, the the applicable real estate. It's not just true here, but it's true in uh, industrial and logistics. It's true in hospitality and leisure. I think what we've seen in retail is that people still want that omnichannel uh, experience. They want to be able to go and touch. Uh, and feel uh, the product they want uh, to, to have an experience. And so I, we, our view is that we think those things are going <clears> to <throat> um, continue to play an important role in what happens long term with retail real estate. Now, having, having said that, I think we've uh, been well um, quoted on this, that the United States is, when you compare us to other uh, countries around the world, we're over retail here. And so it's not to say we're not going to continue to see more uh, activity in terms of, you know, malls being re repurposed and like, but on, on balance, retail is performing better than I think most uh, would have anticipated. And what would you anticipate for cap rates moving forward uh, in the retail world? Yeah. Look, I think that the, the jury on cap rates is, is, is still out, you know, certainly uh, there have been, uh, pricing adjustments that that have come in. But what we would say is they're more transaction um, transaction specific. Uh, I think that what's what's interesting about the debate on cap rates holistically right now is uh, what, what's going to happen from a numerator perspective in light of the more challenging uh, operating environment. Certainly, you know, the denominator gets a lot of attention because of the movements in interest rates and the like. But I think the the and you covered this in your comments a bit ago around how do you underwrite deals? I think how do people think about future growth 
uh, is where there's a lot of time being spent. And so ultimately how those things, those two things uh, interact with one another will, you know, over time uh, play into where cap rates move. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's jump to uh, industrial because it seems industrial has really been been hitting on all cylinders, but there was some uh, recent news from Amazon, right? Yeah, look, I, it's it's been been heavily uh, reviewed and analyzed by a number of market market participants. I think what we're seeing across our uh, clients that we interact with and in the transactions that some of that adjustment in their real estate uh, strategy, as well as others real estate strategies, was already uh, somewhat being adjusted. But but the notion that that is going to you know, dramatically impact long-term uh, activity in the, log- the logistics sector, the overall appeal to it, uh, we're just we're just not seeing. I think the other thing that's quite interesting uh, in uh, this particular space is we're starting to see uh, variants of logistics coming into fruition that, you know, we're, we're not, we're always out there, but it seemed to be quite prominent now, and that's, you know, in and around indoor and outdoor logistics, and you think about the available space around ports and things like that, particularly given the continued challenging setup around the supply chain, uh, we're starting to see a lot, a number of market participants being quite creative in how they think about logistics. Uh, and so how those two things kind of relate to one another, you know, leads us to, to continue to believe we're going to see, uh, you know, continued activity. And look, we just saw uh, a very large transaction announced, you know, a week or two ago in the space. And, um, you know, there, I think, is a good example of how, how bullish people continue to be in and around logistics. Yeah. You're talking about the ProLogist deal? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> okay. Well, let's uh, jump to uh, another sector that uh, has been going through some changes. And that's uh, hospitality and leisure. Yeah. Look, I, we um, we've across the board seen market participants in the hospitality and leisure segment be quite optimistic uh, about the world as it exists today. And it's not just uh, the the hotel uh, related businesses, but we're seeing it in cruise. We're uh, we're seeing it in alternative accommodation uh, and and the like. And so, um, look, the, the the activity is up uh, above thirty uh, percent. I think it's closer to to, to double that uh, in in Q one. Uh, the trends in RevPAR and how much pricing power uh, these businesses have uh, today is um, you know quite substantial. Uh, clearly, uh, still a theme towards leisure-related uh, activities as people want to get out and 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 visit with with one another and take vacations and the like. But even the group and the business travel, uh, what we're hearing from our channel checks is, you know, that you know is 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 coming back. Still, some time to to, to where it gets back to where it was before, uh, but the activity is is strong. And uh, when you when you look at forward bookings throughout the summer, uh, across the across the board, uh, folks are quite optimistic, and so we do think uh, that we're going to see more more activity uh, in the deal sector and broadly across hospitality and leisure. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, some of these conventions and meetings uh, happening again, isn't it? It is. I mean, look, um, it, it's we we talk about it in the report, but what's interesting is.
there's an acceleration in services spending. And if you think about how that acceleration flows through uh, to what we're talking about now, um, there's a case to be made that, you know, it could, it is, could further surprise the upside uh, versus the other direction. Now, as we all know, hospitality uh, is not a leading indicator. And so there is uh, a bit of caution that needs to be placed in the sector, but overall, uh, at the moment, the mood we're we're hearing, what we're seeing in terms of pipeline and like, is is uh, is a favorable operating environment for hospitality and leisure. Yeah, we're talking with Tim Bodner, with partner with PwC, about their 2022 mid-year real estate deals outlook and uh, another property sector, Tim, that's been really exciting. Uh, a lot of people uh, doing transactions uh, is the multifamily world. Uh, are you seeing any trend there as you look at it uh, mid-year and what do you expect moving forward? Yeah, look, um, the trends across residential real estate broadly, multifamily being one, I <clears throat> would put student uh, housing uh, in there as well, uh, is very, very strong fundamentals and a significant amount of interest uh, <clears throat> in the sector from a wide a variety of investors. Uh, we're continue to be bullish on what what happens from here. Uh, we think there's some incremental tailwinds uh, that are going to play into the uh, the setup just due to what's happening uh, in the for sale residential market. Um, I don't think it's lost on anyone that <clears throat> the rising interest rate environment uh, and the impact on aff on affordability, the continued challenges associated with supply, only add to that. Uh, and so we do think and are seeing continued robust activity across residential related uh, themes. Yeah, multifamily spend uh, really, really on a roll. And it almost seems like the multifamily market is seeing such high rental increases each year that it might it be the sector that's least impacted uh, on deal pricing and cap rates because of uh, higher interest rates? Yeah, look, I. I mean, there's a there's a significant amount of capital that's being allocated towards uh, multifamily and wider residential themes, and so if you think about the 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 impact of that capital on the overall cap rates, there's certainly um, you know substantive evidence that cap rates in you know core multifamily assets don't move as substantially as as maybe some may may think. Yeah. All right. Now let's move to the sector that some people believe is most in question, uh, and that's the office sector. What are you seeing for trends there and uh, what are your expectations? Yeah, look, um, I think the office sector is going to be a is what some believe is a kind of a K shape effect or a, or a story of have and uh, have nots. There's uh, certainly a, a flight to quality <clears throat> throughout uh, office and those office assets that <clears throat> create an overall better experience or have, you know, certain uh, levels of certification from an ESG perspective, uh, assets like Wonder Vanderbilt in New York is is one example of that. There's there's tremendous interest, and we're seeing broad-based investor interest from investors across the globe, uh, in and around those types of assets that we, we think we're going to continue uh, to see that as we move it throughout the rest of this calendar year and, and beyond. The story is really on the, the 
the Class B and uh, below uh, office assets. And there are there are headwinds there uh, that will need to get uh, worked out over time. Just um, I think everyone's trying to sort out the level of uh, capital that's required to reposition some of those assets, make it uh, a more challenging asset class. And so we do think office is going to be a, uh, a story of have and have nots. Uh, look, on the, on the office utilization front, we think office is going to continue to be a story of flexibility. Uh, I think the, the trend of people spending three to four days in the office versus five is, uh, is, is here to stay. And so that utilization uh, will clearly be impacted by that. But is that going to cause you know, the um, significant adverse effects that some have commented on we don't we don't think that's going to be the case uh, over time so what do you think and maybe this is the personal uh, view for you but what do you think about elon musk's uh, statement to his tesla employees hey get your behind in the office 40 hours a week or or, or get out of here what, what do you think about that well look i think um the notion that people are more creative and collaborative inside of an office environment, uh, I think is, is undisputable. And certainly in a wide variety of businesses, uh, that, uh, that, 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 that's true. And so, you know, people do need to, I think, accept that, you know, there, 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 there's not going to be a world of complete remote work, but at the, on the, on the other side of that coin, uh, and certainly it's part of our uh, strategy here at PwC, the idea of giving people uh, choice uh, in and around how they're spending their time, uh, we think is long-term here to say, particularly when you consider just how competitive it is out there uh, in terms of talent. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, ESG and, and the flight to quality. Uh, so we just took out the market a, a AAA credit single tenant building, lead gold, beautiful, very uh, mission critical uh, tenant in the $47 million range. And it's really interesting to see, you know, some of the, the buyers in the space. So it's like, you know what, we're going to be a little cautious on office right now. We're going to be acquiring less. And then some folks will say, wait, this is mission critical. You know, we're not concerned about it. And then the folks that are kind of in the camp of, all right, this may be the window of opportunity where people, uh, we have less competition to buy office and maybe it's a, a time to acquire deals. So uh, would you expect deal activity? Have you seen deal activity already slow down or, and what do you expect? Well, in terms of the higher quality office, or as you framed it, Michael, the mission critical you know, assets, and you can uh, make that same uh, comment when you think about some of the content creation and creative industries, uh, as well as things like life sciences and the like. We're seeing some market participants, you, you know, kind of increase their their the level of their uh, activity because they do view it as an opportune time and a less competitive time. On the other side, there's some market participants that you know take a take a different different point of view, but overall. We think the office story is a story of quality, uh, and we think that's what's going to drive activity throughout the rest of this year. Yeah, and we're talking with Tim Bodner about their um, their report, the real estate deals outlook mid year 2022. And and Tim, as you guys did this report and put it out, and by the way, we'll have a link at the show website to the report so you can go check it out yourself. It's CRE 
show.com. Um, and, but, but Tim, when you did this report and you guys did this study, kind of what jumped out to you as maybe, maybe surprised you or, or maybe you didn't expect? Well, look, um, so I, I would uh, frame three, three things for you, Michael. Um, number one is between August of uh, 2020 and May of 2022, there were 42 REIT transactions and uh, roughly 70% uh, of them were uh, public to, to, to private and uh, 30 percent were 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 uh, public to public but the volume of that activity was in excess of what we we, we expected <clears throat> moving in uh, to 2022 so so that's the the first thing um the second thing would be uh the broad-based interest in retail that we were uh speaking about earlier uh the notion that smaller investors would increase their level of their activity was was a was a surprise uh, to us um, as relative to when we put out our outlook at, at the end of last year. Uh, and then the final thing is just uh, what we're seeing in hospitality and leisure, and the um, increased interest in experiential related real estate across the board. So. Uh, we're seeing a, a uptick in the level of activity around golf courses. Uh, we're seeing an increase in level of activity around mar marinas. Uh, we're seeing activity in and around ski resorts. And so this whole kind of experiential, the increased role that experiential real estate uh, is playing presently is a surprise to us. Uh, we always thought it was there, but I think the level of activity was was uh, more than what we what we had thought. Yeah. And as you look at the real estate deals um, outlook, um, so and, and you look at all the property types and, and price and, and size deals that you guys uh, considered here. So is it fair to say that then overall the activity has still just been when been really good? It's been really strong. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong there. And then as you look forward, what do you expect on the amount of volume of activity? We, we continue to think that we're going to see robust <clears throat> deal activity uh, as we as we move forward from here. Look, um, Q1 was was quite, quite strong. Uh, 2021 was was quite strong. So, look, the nature of 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 real estate transactions, as everyone knows, tends to be to, to be sporadic. So quarter to quarter, are we going to see? Uh, peaks and valleys. We certainly think that's that's going to be the case. Do we certainly think that we're going to see some buyers uh, and some market participants stay on the sidelines because of uh, the setup that we're all dealing with? Uh, we we certainly believe that. But on balance, uh, we think that we're going to continue to see robust uh, activity. And the and the reason for that is is really a couple of things. Uh, we continue to see incredible amounts of capital uh, moving into. Uh, uh, real estate from 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 the retail uh, channel into the to the non-listed uh, real estate sectors. Uh, uh, some market analysts put out an estimate that that sector, <clears throat> on an NAV basis, is about a hundred billion dollar uh, sector. At the end of May, on a levered basis, it's <clears throat> closer to to two hundred. 
billion and and there's a number of large institutional investors moving into that uh, space. So we think the impact of all that capital uh, will be will be quite substantive is the, is the first thing. The second thing is when you look at kind of closed end or opportunistic uh, real estate funds across uh, the board, uh, it's been well uh, analyzed that there's more than 300 billion uh, of dry powder <clears throat> sitting uh, on the sidelines. There's uh, something like 1300 uh, funds <clears throat> being raised uh, in the market. Some uh, by large market participants uh, that are quite substantial, but there's a, there's a lot of, and look, the, the more challenging operating environment is conducive to the deployment uh, of opportunistic uh, real estate capital. So we think that's going to uh, play an impact. We think what we just talked about around experiences and the rotation into services uh, will will bring uh, deal activity. And then finally, just the, the idea, not just what we're seeing in real estate, but we're seeing it across uh, all of the sectors that we cover here uh, at PwC. There's just a growing importance of scale uh, and advantage of that. And we think that's gonna be a catalyst for uh, transaction activity as well. Well, Tim, I've got to tell you that as a commercial real estate broker that owns a firm that is based on 90% of our businesses on investment sales transactions, I feel a lot better now after talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> Look, I mean, um, th there's challenges out there, Michael, but I think one of the things that we've always seen within real estate, you know, throughout cycles is just how resilient people are and how creative they can be. Uh, and so we think that's going to be the what, what carries the day. And so um, certainly challenges to deal with. There's headwinds out there, but focusing on what you can control and being creative and resilient is what uh, what we focus on and what we're seeing uh, folks we interact with focus on as well. Yeah. Well, what we're, what we're seeing on the different sectors kind of deal-wise day-to-day here that, you know, these sales, you know, aren't, aren't going to hit the books, right, for a month or two months or three months is on these retail and the office and the senior housing, we're seeing sellers adjust their thinking on valuations. Um, and so as people ask me sometimes, well, are the sellers sticking with their, their prices of, of a year ago? Uh, or a buyer still paying it in those sectors. I'd say overall, it, it's different not every for every property, obviously. But we're seeing sellers are saying, "All right, we get it. Cost of funds, let's adjust our valuations." But um, industrial, multifamily, not not seeing it yet. Sellers are like, "No, nah, the rent increases are too high. I don't think we need to adjust our, our values just yet." Yeah, so, I mean, look, it it's like anything. There's always going to be exceptions and and there's people are going to have to recalibrate expectations and how they think about the world but um you know we continue to be as i mentioned optimistic yeah and we're also seeing lots of buyers in the market as you mentioned a lot of dry uh, powder and a lot of capital looking for deals even in the uh, sectors where some folks think like office some people think maybe a, a, a b office building is not a place to be but Tell you, there's a, there's a lot of capital. We're we're selling uh, office buildings uh, very well right now, and because uh, I think, you know, one man's uh, uh, trash is another man's treasure, right? You got it. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. Tim, any Tim, any final thought uh, related to the to the outlook for our audience? I think the the thing that that we think is going to be uh, the story when we come back to you is it's going to be a continued story of the impact of. Of, of retail 
uh, capital moving into real estate. It's a it's a strong, strong trend uh, that's uh, reshaping uh, real estate. So you know, I think if I leave folks with one comment, it's um, that's one space to watch uh, quite carefully here as we move uh, throughout the rest of this this calendar year and into the into the next year, couple of years. Yeah. Wow. Great. Again, I feel better after talking to you, Tim. Thank you for being with us, sir. Thanks for having us. Always, always appreciate it. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. As we uh, mentioned, we'll have a link to the actual report for you at our website at CREshow.com. And hey, we do appreciate uh, hearing from you. We really appreciate uh, the kind words about the show and rating the show and, and sharing the show with others and, and paying it forward in that way. So thank you for that. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.